Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So we take a look at some of these opinion polls here federally. We started the show on this. I had Jugmeet Singh on, first guest this morning. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that Singh is, he's worried about this polyev surge and and whether they could get swamped up in this. Man, these numbers for the conservatives just look seem to be looking better and better. Yeah, here we go into their convention in Quebec. Um Abacus, I think, had them at a 14-point lead today. Angus Reid's got a pullout, which I think is 11 points. But uh. Polyev viewed as the best PM by a 2-to-1 margin over Trudeau and the Angus Reid. Whoa, Reed. that's really flipped around, hasn't really it? Really flipped around. Yeah. So actually, they got him a 12-point lead, 39 uh, conservatives and 27 for uh, the liberals. So these are consistent polls. Now, to be fair, I mean, Merrill Conseco's Research Co. has a poll. He's got the gap at only six points. Okay. So, you know, uh, these are snapshots in time. But the trend is there that in every consistent poll, every every poll for a few weeks now, the gap between the conservatives and the liberals seems to be widening, not closing. And, you know, Paul is in the middle of an ad campaign, both of rechanging his personal brand, but he's got this anti-carbon tax ad out. Yes. That's um, probably resonating with voters. And he just seems to be much more active out there. And the liberals have gone very quiet. Yeah. Um, you know, Trudeau is very quiet. But it's interesting, Jagmeet Singh, who's basically propping Trudeau up in power, has his agreement with him, uh, realizes perhaps those days may be numbered, and he's going after who his real political enemy is, which is not Justin Trudeau, it's Pierre Poliev and the Conservatives. Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I spoke to uh, Jagmeet Singh about that this morning, and he's really sharpening his attacks against Poliev for sure. Let's listen to Poliev here first. Now, that's a really great point you just made, that it, it seems like the, the Conservatives seem to be outworking Liberals mm-hmm. right now. They are. Like, you take a look at their ads. Their ads, yeah. uh, the Liberals, now, you know, it's summer still. People aren't paying attention. But it is post the first day of school. This is a traditional time when the political season begins anew. So we'll we'll see if the Liberals are going to get a little more active. But uh, Trudeau's got to find a way to change the channel here. Yeah. Because right now it's Pierre Poliev, his hands on the remote. These Poliev ads are, are quite sharp, in my opinion. Let's listen to one of them here. Here he is on housing. Have a listen. You're trapped. You can't start a family or a life while you're living in a 400 square foot apartment or trapped in your parents' basements, despite the fact that you did everything right. You graduated, you got a job, you work hard, you can't afford a home. He's really good at these ads. Well, I, mean, I think they're effective. And they connect with, uh, again, we've talked about some of the things, uh, some research has picked up, which is that the older millennial voter, yeah. and these are not 22-year-olds, these are the people in their late 30s, early 40s, who are in the millennial demographic, uh, have turned against the Trudeau government. And I think largely because of issues like the one Paul yeah. I just touched on, which is this frustration with how. Now, there are going to be a, ch- a chunk of voters who, understandably, um, say, "Well, you don't have the answer either, Mr. Sure. Poliev." And yeah. that's that's Poliev's challenge is to provide some answers that actually is concrete proof that something is going to change. And frankly, having covered go- a number of governments and parties who promised all sorts of success on the housing file, I have my doubts whether anyone has an answer, including Pierre Poliev. Nevertheless, he's not the incumbent. He's not the yeah. one in power. So the one in power is the one who gets blamed for a lot of things. And it doesn't matter what level of government you're talking about. So it's a, it's a weapon for Poliev to continue to beat over the head of the liberals. Yeah. And Jugmeet Singh zeroing in on the point you just made, sort of pointing the finger at, at Poliev and saying, don't believe him because he's just trying to line the pockets of his rich corporate buddies here by giving selling off government land to developers. So don't buy this, what he's selling here. <laughs> but it does seem to be working. So speaking of Jugmeet Singh, my first guest on the show today, really going after Poliev here. Listen to him on the attack here. See, for Pierre, it's all an act. He pretends to care but he doesn't know how regular people live. Pierre Polyev has had government-funded dental care for almost 
all his adult life, but he wants to take it away from kids. Yeah, and, and of course, seeing, of course, promising expanded public uh, dental care. Yeah, so I think you're going to see uh, both Trudeau and Singh start to really go after Poliev in a much more disciplined, concerted way. And I think they're going to go after him on a couple of fronts. One, that he's a career politician. He's done nothing other than being a career politician. He's the ultimate <laughs> gatekeeper. Yeah. They're going to turn around the very points he's been making about Trudeau uh, on him, saying, if you want to talk about uh, living off the public dime, yeah. look at yourself. So yeah. they haven't, they've sure to shied away from that. The other thing I think you're going to see Trudeau is really try to cast this literally in this good versus bad argument that somehow everything that Polio and the Conservatives want to do is some sort of horrible thing. And he's going to probably tie them to the whole mega Trump forces in the United States and make this a vote literally between the so-called, you know, the that dark version versus the Demo the Canadian way. And I think Trudeau's really going to try to polarize things. And, Pol and Poliev will as well. They're both going to be, I think, fairly out there, both to the the left and to the right. And Jugmeet Singh's challenge, can he come up the middle? But he's he's out there on the left with Trudeau. So it's that centrist voter yep. right now. I think as the election approaches and we go through it, it's probably going to be looking around like, who do I vote for? Yeah. Because no one's really in the center. Yeah, that's the battleground for sure. Let's talk about um, the drought situation in British Columbia mm -hmm. and play this clip here from the emergency management minister, Bowen Ma. And you highlighted this last night on the Global News Hour. Mm -hmm. And listen to what she has to say here about drought conditions in British Columbia. Let's listen. I want to emphasize how significant the drought that British Columbia is facing is right now. It, it is unlike any kind of drought conditions the province has ever faced and, in my opinion, truly is a, a sleeping giant of a natural disaster that we are challenged with right now. Very strong language and very deliberately chosen language, I'm told, the sleeping giant leading mm. to a natural disaster. You know, I've covered these briefings that Bowen Ma and Forest Minister Bruce Rossman have been having for weeks now. And, of course, at the height of the fires, everything was about the fires. Yeah. Fires, fires, fires. The last couple of weeks, the focus of these weekly updates and sometimes twice weekly updates has shifted to the drought situation. As the fires start to get under control, we are nearing the end of the fire season, although there's still you know more than 400 fires out there, almost more than half of them out of control, um, the drought situation is sort of taking over and becoming front and center because the drought has all sorts of implications. And you heard Bowen Ma talk about it has impacts on everything from salmon-bearing streams to ultimately drinking water. If the reservoirs run dry and they are low, um, you're literally your access to drinking water is gone. Tofino, front page of the Times columnist today, Tofino's back to a water shortage. You have to have almost no showers, and there's danger of, drink, of a lack of drink, drinking water. The Gulf Islands, again, big weekend feature on the same issue, that they're running out of water. The wells are running dry. And this is not just confined to the desert area in, the, in you know, near Asoyas. This is, a, uh, I think, 80% of the water basins in B.C. are in what are called level 4 or level 5 drought situations. Level 5 is as bad as it can be. And the United States, Western United States, has been locked in this, this uh, uh, cycle for some time. And uh, the New York Times had a piece that uh, so much of the groundwater has disappeared in the United States because of heavy irrigation use and just a lack of precipitation. And the same thing, the fear is, is going to happen here. So we're going to see more. This isn't just about you can't water your lawn. 
we're going to see potentially some significant water restrictions and not just uh, in rural towns. So when she talks about this as a sleeping giant and then she talks about a potential environmental or natural disaster, what, is, what specifically is she talking about there? Well, uh, one thing is a return of the, if we get a heavy, really quick and uh, uh, rain in great numbers in over a short period of time, the ground is not... Um, situated right now to absorb all, a massive amount of moisture, and therefore because can, of the drought, so then that, the drought. so that triggers potential flooding, flooding. Huge, yeah, huge yeah. flooding. So flooding is a big concern if there's a huge winter precipitation, if there's an atmospheric river again. Uh, prolonged drought though means uh, the drought, the ground continues to be dry. The, the groundwater disappears. There's implications for agriculture. Yes, implications for livestock. And again, back to your drinking water. But then it sets the stage for an, another bad fire season next year. It doesn't matter how much fuel you take off the floor, which is what they're going to do over the winter. If the the ground remains bone dry, lightning strikes are going to cause massive amounts of fire next year. So, you know, Ba outlined three scenarios from our ministry. One is a best case scenario, a slight increase, a gradual increase in rain that gently fills up our reservoirs and starts to moisten the ground again. Yeah. Or one of the worst cases is a rapid increase in precipitation over a short period of time that can lead to to uh, floods. And one is it just continues and we have another bad season next year. Okay, real quickly before we take a break, let's talk about the potential for a cell phone ban in BC classrooms. Right now, this is a, sort of a patchwork of rules around the province. It's up to individual school districts and schools. The, the BC United Party now calling for a province-wide ban. Let's listen to Shimmy Kang from UBC on why a cell phone ban is a good idea. Studies show that when cell phones are banned or limited, uh, we see improved ten- attention, we see better grades, we see better sense of school community. Uh, teachers are less frustrated in general. So what are the what is the BC United calling for here now? Yeah, they want to... They had a news release quietly put out yesterday while well, you and I were on the air. Yeah, talking about, about this Talking issue. about bringing back letter grades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a very, they didn't, hardly brought any attention to it at all. I didn't get a lot of media coverage. But uh, the, um, they want to ban what they call smartphones in classrooms. I assume that would mean uh, perhaps measures as we've seen in Belmont Secondary over here and the school over in Metro we focused on before. Yeah. Where you have to put them in a bag or a, a, a bin. Yes. At the front of the class. And maybe that's, I, mean, I still don't think the BCNDP government is going to bring in legislation, but now it appears the BC United wants to do just that. Although we've seen it happen in Ontario. And Quebec. In Quebec. Yep. Um, in Manitoba, the Francophone school board there just brought in a province-wide ban in Francophone schools in, in Manitoba. Yeah, we'll so if, this is sort of catching on. It seems to be catching on now. We'll see if school districts who have the power to do that, see if they want to go with that step forward and, yeah. and do something like this. Um, I think parents would probably have no problem with that at all. I don't, sure. I don't think teachers would have any problem at all. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Phil in Surrey. Hi, Phil. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Mike. Great show. I'm amazed at how naive and stupid Jagmeet thinks the Canadian population is. You know, just trying to link Galen Weston salary and, you know, the share prices of Superstore and all that. I mean, to, to, to the economy, to inflation, and totally ignoring the carbon tax. I will be blown away if, if this guy gets half the seats he gets. Just comments on how stupid he, he's treating the public. What do you, you know, Keith, think about that? Okay, thank you for the call. Your thoughts? Well, going after corporate profits and you know CEO salaries—that's kind of in the DNA. Of that's the boilerplate defense. NDP, that's federal NDP. I mean, yeah. that's that's been around for years. Yeah. Um, you go back to the '70s, David Lewis. You know, corporate welfare. Sure, yeah, sure. You know, this is 
bread and butter for the NDP. So I'm surprised that now to the larger point, where are they going? Uh, they've been stuck yeah. at where they've at for years now. I mean, Jack Layton had a bit of a bounce there, if you recall, yep. um, where he did deliver a bunch of seats in, and in Quebec. Uh, but that was their high watermark. And they've shown no signs of attaining that again. Um, I think um, I just think they're out of step with where a lot of modern Canadians are. And the Canadians who want to be partisan are going liberal and conservative. But Poliev seems to be taking some votes that disaffected liberals. You would think on a philosophical, they go to him. They'd go to they'd go to yeah. Jugmeet and the NDP. Sure. And that's not happening. Yeah. There's no crossover. I think he's liberals. picking up a little bit, but not as much as the conservatives. Very well, no. The conservatives seem to be the ones taking that disaffected uh, uh. voter away from the liberals, especially not. younger younger voters. That trend we're seeing that's mm-hmm. going to be troubling to them. I think NDP. it's been very troubling to the NDP. I mean, the, yeah. the federal NDP is kind of like at some points they used to be the you know, conscious of Parliament, the ones who sure. would keep the government honest. I'm not so sure they can point to much success on their front. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Uh, well, I, I would just say very quickly the opposite about Pierre Polyev. Um, I, it sounded like he sounded uh, very quiet in regards to the uh, interest rate hike uh, because maybe he's too uh, afraid to be linked with uh, D- uh, Doug Ford in regards to uh, conservatism and the Greenbelt controversy. And very quickly as well, with two years left in this mandate, I would see, I'd be interesting if somebody challenges Pierre Polyev and all his conservative buddies in caucus there to go two years without a dental plan that they get paid for and pay out of pocket and because they're the working people right he's the new tommy douglas pierre polyev isn't he so why doesn't he why doesn't he cough it up and you know put his money where his mouth is especially okay. in that case and not go with his dental plan thank you tim well i do think whether it's a dental plan or something else i do think you're going to see the liberals by necessity have to go on the attack and not just pretend to just ignore the opposition. But governments like to ignore the opposition, not give them any time of day. Because, oh, you don't matter. We're the government. We know what's going on. And one of the theories is if we don't talk about you, no one else will talk about you. But I think the conservatives right now seem to have the momentum and the talking points. And they've been on the attack mode for some time. And now they're trying to sort of rebrand Poliev. But they're still on the attack mode. And the Liberals, as we said before, are oddly quiet. And they're going to have to go after Poli yeah. in a way they haven't done in the past. Peter in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, about the cell phone thing and students in school. <laughs> I, I think just totally ban the, the, tel- the telephones. I mean, there's telephones in the office in the case of an emergency. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. People walking around like zombies with these things stuck in front of their faces. Just trying navigating around the mall on, on the weekend and see how many people you run into. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is, a, there is an argument that cell phones, thank you for the call, like cell phones do contribute to increased isolation of kids, mm-hmm. um, and there, there's like social problems and well, mental I mean, problems associated. There is the stereotype of the kids buried in the phones and not hearing yeah. anyone talk to them and are having conversations or constantly reading text. Now, if that's going on, now, I have no evidence that's going on in a classroom, but if that's happening in a classroom, I mean, that's ridiculous, obviously. I don't think anyone would support just 30 kids sitting in rows looking at their well, phones. Well, does any teacher tolerate that, like I, <laughs> little I kids and looking at their teach, phone? Teachers would not. No. But again, if they if there is a, a problem, it's interesting, two high schools now have banned yeah. them, so you've got to put it in a bin at the front of the desk. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some other schools followed it. And then look at the school districts, whether yeah. they bring it in district by district. And now you've got one, the opposition party, yeah, low-key promise, yeah. promising to bring in some sort of ban on it. 